We are learning Daf Yitzayin, starting right from the top of the Amid. So in order to understand the discussion here, it's very helpful to see the Psukim. So there are four Psukim that are relevant. Uh, we have Pasuk uh, Yutes, Chav, Chav Aleph, and Chav Beis, all in Parakeh here. This is Parshas Naso. So we're talking about uh, the Megillah that's going to be written, the scroll is going to be written for the Sota, and then erased into the water. So the Torah says, before this all happens, Kohen. The coin is mashpiahur. He makes her swear. For Amar Leisha, he says to the woman, "If no man did actually sleep with you, so then you're going to be free from it." That's pasuk yutes. So yutes is not a curse. It doesn't say explicitly any curse. It just says that uh, if nothing, if no one, no, no, no one slept with you, nothing will happen. Pasuk Chav says, But if you have strayed, if someone did sleep with you, so then that's dot dot dot. Doesn't say what will happen. But then pasuk Aleph, uh, it says, Then he makes her make a shvua. And here the Torah adds, With an Allah, with a curse. And finally, the coin says, so This is the bad. Pasuk is the Pasuk that describes what will happen to her. will curse you and cause your thigh to collapse and the stomach will blow up as well. Pasuk finishes off. The waters will come inside you. And the woman responds, Amin. These are the four psukim. So again, Yotes, as the Kohen says to her, if you didn't do anything, nothing will happen, Pasuk Chaf. But if you did do it, da da da, Chav Aleph, he's mashbir with the Allah, that Hashem will place the curse inside of her, and Chav Beis, that she will exactly blow up, and she answers, Amin. So the question is, how much of this information is actually written inside of the Megillah, which is erased? So the Mishnah says, Bolotov is a Megillah, when the Kohen comes to write this Megillah. What part of the Pesukim does he write? He writes in the beginning of, he writes already from Pasuk Yitaz, If a man has not lay with you, you continue them with Pasuk Chav, but if you have, and then, however, he doesn't write the Lashon of the Pasuk and the coin should be Mashbiahur. In other words, there's no reason why he should write what the coin will do. He is the coin writing the Megillah here. He just writes the, the content of what is happening. The Kosev, then he picks up in the middle of Pasuk Chaval, Hashem will give you the curse, and the, and the Shavuah, and then he finishes the Pasuk Chaval, that the water will destroy her. He does not finish at the end of that Pasuk, and the woman responds, Amin, Amin. So to, conclu- to conclude, to understand what the Tanakhama is saying, any content of the Pesukim here, he writes. However, he does not write the words, and the coin makes her swear, and, and he doesn't write that in the beginning of the Pasuk Chavtas and in Pasuk Chavalaf, and he doesn't write Amin Amin at the end. Rabbi Yossi, he doesn't make any break. He would write the entire thing. According to Rabbi Yossi, once he starts and he says, he says the, uh, the words, he continues straight, and uh, including all of the filler words. Rabbi Yehuda, Omar Rabbi Yehuda says, Kol atzma inokos, if he doesn't write anything more, all he writes is the curse part. The actual explicit part of the curse, where it says Hashem will say he was a curse and is an oath. So none of the Pasuk Yutes and Chav, you just write the, the Pasuk Chav Aleph, where actually the actual curse is uh, written. And again, according to Rabbi Yehuda, he agrees with that point as well, uh, that the coin does not write, Amen, Amen.
So three different opinions here. The extreme view of Rabbi Huda, that you only write the explicit part of the curse, that is at the very end, Pasuk of Aleph, where the way he writes explicitly that the water will go into you and blow up your stomach. We have the extreme opposite, Rabbi Yossi, where you're writing everything from the beginning, from the beginning, if uh, all the way through. And then the Tanakama, that pretty much you're doing that, but you leave out the words, that in the middle, those are the filler words instructing the Kohen, but not the words that go on the Megillah. So the Gemara says, what is at the point of contention here? What are they really arguing about these Tanakama? They're arguing about how to interpret this pasuk. The pasuk says, The Kohen should write these curses, these curses on the scroll. So how do we interpret that word in the pasuk that says these curses? That when it says curses, it means the actual ones, meaning not the ones that are implied, but the actual literal <coughs> curse. So that's the end of Pasuk Chafal, the beginning of Pasuk Chafal, where it says, Hashem will curse you, and the water will come in and destroy you. So the word alos only mean the explicit curses. Ha alos, but it, since it says the, with a hey, larabos, that comes to include more. Klolos alos, machos brachos, the curses that are implicitly derived from the bracha. That's from the beginning, Pasuk Yutas, where it says, and if you are innocent, then you didn't do it, you will be innocent of the waters. That implies that if she did do it, she would be cursed. So that's an, impli- an implied curse. That's an implied curse that comes, uh, an implied curse that comes from the blessing. So the word hey, ha'alava, that comes to include that. Ele, now the word these, that comes to exclude the curses that are written in Mishnah Torah. Mishnah Torah and Parshish Kisava, there's a lot of punishments for the people who do the wrong thing. And those are referred to in the Torah with the word of Allah. So without the word Eli, I would have said maybe you include those as well for the Sota. It's interesting Havamina that we don't include those that aren't directed, directed towards the Sota herself. But perhaps you would think, though, since they're called Allah, and it says here the coin should write for her the Allah, then you would think perhaps that it should be included. And that's why we say Ha'ela comes to, um, the word Ela comes to exclude those. And Rabbi Yossi, uh, and Ha'ela, rather, the words that the, 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 since it says in that word with an extra hey, it doesn't just say Ela, it just says Ha'ela, that comes to exclude the command to the Kohen, where it says, Vishbi Kohen, the Kohen should do that. You don't have to write that. In the Megillah, you don't have to write the word Amen. So this is all Rabbi Meir, the Tanakhama. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says, it's all like you said in terms of the beginning. However, he looks at the haze differently. He says, "S the rabbis is as well as the word S comes to include the commands of the coin and the acceptance that she says by the woman." Rameir Asim Lodarsh, Rameir disagreed because he doesn't darsh and Asim. So that explains why Rameir and Rabbi Yosef are not on the same page about writing Bishbiyah Cohen and Amin Amin. And then last, the last view, Rabbi Yehuda Kulvamitu Darsh Bahu, he expounds all the haze to exclude Allah's Allah's Mamish. Allah's means you only write the explicit curses. Chaval Mukhab Beis Ha Allah's the hey Lemute Klosh Bahu Zemakos Bahu. That comes to exclude the curses that are implicit from the blessings. Ela Mute Klosh Bahu Torah. The word Ela comes to exclude the curses in Sefer Devarim. Ha Ela Mute Tzavos Vakabos. That comes to exclude the commands to the coin and the acceptances that the woman will make. Says the Gemara now question Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir, Maishna Hai Hai Demar Bibe. What's the difference about the hey in the word Ha'alos that includes? That's why he included even the uh, implicit curses. Maishna Hai Hai Demar Bibe. And what's the difference about the hey in the, in the, in the Ha'ela that excludes? How come one hey is including and one hey is excluding? So the Gemara answers, Hey, Degabe Dibibuhi, When you have a hey that's written with something that's coming to include, then it includes more. When it's saying alos, that this you do do, then when it says ha alos, then you include more. When it's saying ela, don't do, so when it says ha ela, then you don't do even more. Says the Gemara, what comes out? It comes out from here, 
just after this, all the dust settles within the sheet of Rameir, that we're including the curses that are implied uh, from the brachos. So the Gemara says, In general, Rameir does not hold of the rule that implications of a negative you can hear from a positive. In other words, he holds, and just if the Torah doesn't say something explicit in language, you can't infer it. Uh, inferences are not considered language itself. So here, even if the Torah, if, when the point that the Torah said, if you're innocent, nothing will happen, we want to derive in it from the implication that, oh, oh, but if you did do it, then something will happen. So what we're asking is that, what we're asking is that that's only a, um, an implication. That cannot, that shouldn't be considered uh, Lushen itself. Or mayor normally holds, you know, we learn from Bnei Gadda, Bnei Ruben, that Tanai has to be double. If it's not double, then it doesn't count, so to speak. So according to every mayor, we shouldn't be able to infer. So the Gemara says, Amar of Tanakhum, Hinakiksev. It says Hinaki, you will be innocent, but without a Yud. So sometimes what we can do is if it says Chinki, the He and the Ches can become interchangeable, and we can read the Pasuk as saying, uh, we put the comma in a different place, Satis Tumah Tachaz Ishech, Chinki. If the Tumah was with you by your husband, then you will be choked. So that's putting the comma in the wrong place and changing the Hinaki instrument without the, without the Yud. We change it to a Ches, and it becomes choking, and there it's not anymore by way of implication or rather something which is, said, which is stated explicitly, that if in fact she became Tame, then she will choke, then she will be punished. Okay, now the Gemara gets, moves on to discuss some more Inyana Yagadza here. Tarsh Rabbi Akiva, Ish regarding the name of a husband and wife, Zahu, if they merit, if they don't have other need, adultery between them, Shechina Benayim, then the Shechina is considered to be between them. And the idea is that uh, they, they, there's a Yud in, in the name of Ish, and there's a hey in the name of Isha, and together, that's the Shechina. So that's when they marry Lozachu. If they don't marry, they're not faithful to one another, Ish or Chaltan, and the fire consumes them. So basically, we're noting that both Ish and Isha have the Aleph and Shin, which mean fire. And they also have the Shem Hashem, the Yud, and the hey. If there's Ocha, then the Shechina is there. If they're not Ocha, then it's simply a fire. The wife's fire is stronger than the husband's. She knows that she gets punished more. By time, what is the reason? Hymen's are the letters of her of the fire are next to each other. The Aleph and the Shin are next to each other. The hay is, is not between them. Whereas the, by the fire, in the man's name, they're not next to each other. It's the Yud between the Aleph and the Shin. So therefore, that separates, that divides in the fire. Says the Gemara, Why did the Torah say bring dirt for the sota. In other words, what is this Indian of putting dirt in the water? The answer is, if she, if she has merit, she'll be zoichet to have a son like Avram Vinu come from her. About Avram, it said that he is offer v'efer. If she's not, she doesn't have merit, then she'll return to the dust. Through drinking the water, she'll die. So basically, we're saying if she's innocent, she'll be blessed with this chosom like Avram Vinu. Was described as being offer of the afer. If she's not zochet, then she'll return to the dirt when she dies. Darish Rava, Bischar Shamar Amar Vino, Anochi, offer of afer, and reward that Avram said, I'm nothing but dust and ashes. So obviously that was an expression of humility, but in the source of saying that, Zochubon of the Shem Mitzvos, his children merited two Mitzvos, afer, power of afer, sota, the ashes of para, aduma, and the dust of sota. Says the Gemara of Yikonami, Afar, Kisaradam, why are you only considering those two? What about the blood? What about the mitzvah of covering the blood? Where we use um, dirt, so why don't we include that mitzvah? Says the Mahasam Hechsher mitzvah. There, there's only a fulfillment of mitzvah. No, but you don't benefit. Uh, you don't have any specific benefit that comes from. We say Hechsher mitzvah. It's a mitzvah itself, but we don't have. We don't have. Uh, we don't. We don't. We don't have more than that. What we're saying over here by the Sota is that it's you get the benefit of restoring the harmony in her marriage. And uh, if she's innocent, it's a wonderful thing. By Paraduma as well, Ashes Paraduma get to her and more over to Kapara for the Chet Ha'egel. So very interesting ideas how Paraduma 
and, uh, and, and sota are considered not only mitzvahs, but they're considered that there's benefit, there's pleasure from them. Whereas they're most of the time, let's say, like covering the dirt, that's just a regular mitzvah. It's a mitzvah, very good, but there's no specific benefit that we can, we can say comes from Avram Vinu. To Rosh Rava. Reward for Avram, he said, as much as a thread or a strap. So here we're talking about when he um, when he encountered the Melchizedek, and he says, "I'm not going to take anything from you." He said, "I'm not going to take a thread or a strap." And the merit of that, we have two mitzvahs: or the thread of tchelas for tzitzis and the strap of tefillin. So those are two mitzvahs that have very much of significance. So why there's benefit here? We're getting again. It's not just that we have a mitzvah, but that we have benefit. What's the big benefit? So the Gemara says, and it is understandable how Avram benefited with the strap of the tefillin. It says, all the nations of the world will see the name of Hashem is on you, and they will be afraid of you. So what? What are the nations of the world see that that uh, that they are instilled with fear? They see the tefillin on our head. But what is the benefit from the threat of the tefillin? The time the Gemara says. It says why is chilas different from all other colors that it's used to dye that it says this? Color of chilas is similar to the sea. The sea is similar to the sky. The sky is similar to Kisei Akavot Shenema Vayiru Es Elokei Yisrael. They saw that the, the God of Israel Zachas Rakel Kemaisi Livnes Asapir under his feet was like the the work of sapphire or Chesem Hashemayim, like the essence of the heavens Latoer impurity. Save Kemaisi Avnos Abes Demasikize like the appearance of sapphire stone is like the throne. So Hashem's throne is like the sapphire in color, which is that blue. So it's a tremendous chus that we have from the. Uh, from looking at the trailers that reminds us of the Shechina of Hakadosh Baruch Hu's throne. We continue, says the Mishnah, Eno Kosev Lo Luach. The Kohen does not write it on a Luach, something that's made of literally like a tablet. It means that the point is that it's made of wood, below Niyar. Niyar is, 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 is not coming from parchment. It's made of some grass and stuff that it texture feels like parchment, but it's fake. Vola diftera, not on parchment, which is unfinished. In other words, it's not treated in the stages of development. Unfinished parchment. El Megillah has to be a finished parchment scroll. Shenemar basefer. It uses the word basefer, which refers to these points. Can't write with all sorts of things that aren't ink, all sorts of gums and sulfates and stuff, stuff that, 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 uh, or anything else that would become absorbed. Elabadi has to be ink. Shenemar macha. The Pasik says, you erase it, the, the, the ink in the water. Something which is capable of being erased. So what is the point that it will erase? What exactly is erasability here? So the idea is, is that they wouldn't, um, Tysus explains a little bit a bit better that these other things here, they do fade very quickly, but they're not dissolvable in water. They become more absorbed into the parchment. That's the point. Ink is something which is not so easily, it doesn't become so absorbed in the parchment. And therefore, when you put it in the water, it will become erased into the water. Mashank and these other things, what would happen if you put in the water is that they would be more absorbed into the parchment. And since they would be more um more absorbed as uh, into the parchment, they will not be erased well into the water. Says the Gemara, Amar Rav, Megillah Sota Shikasu Belayla Psula. There are there halachas that we learn from the word Bas Sefer. So first of all, Sota scrolls written at night is no good. My time also Torah Torah. We learn the Zerusha of the word Torah. Sefer Chavas Olah Kohen is a Kol Torah Zos. Says the Kohen should do this entire Torah, all these statutes given here by the Sota Sefer Hasam. It says Al Pi Al Torah Shiruchah Val Mishpat. Talking about based in, it says all the Torah they'll teach you in the judgment. My Mishpat by Yom, just as the judgment can only be done by the day, the court only operates during the day. Af Megillah Sota by Yom, so to the Sota scroll must be written during the day. Another halacha. If it's written out of order, uh, let, you know we were talking about the the, the 
like whatever amounts have to be written in the Madal, but whatever is written, if it's not written in the right sequence, it appears, it's no good. They say because we call it all those these kikachasimna in the way that it appears in the Torah. A third thing, if he wrote it before she was Makabalushwa, it's no good. In other words, first he she accepts the oath, like the Torah says, the Kohen should make her swear. First she accepts that, and then it is written. If he writes it before she accepts the oath, it is no good. he should make her swear only afterwards does the Torah say then he writes. A fourth thing, if he wrote it as a letter. A letter means not Sefer Torah-like. Sefer Torah-like is that there is a uh, lines in the parchment. And that's halacha, unique halacha. It's halacha mushmisina, that that's the way that Torah is written. Torah is written with the, Torah is meant to be written with the uh, with lines etched in the parchment. So if it's written without, that is no good. Because the Sefer, again, the Torah is saying, Sefer, it's got to be written that way. A little bit more. If it's written on two different columns, the way it's Torah written, it is no good. Because Sefer, only once grow and not two or three. The idea is that it's small. Normally, you'd write it in one. So if you write it in two, even if it is on one piece of parchment, it's as if it's written in two, meaning it's considered an abnormal way of writing it. It's not valid. Last halacha, let's say, instead of writing it all together and then erasing it, he wrote one letter and then erased it. Because of he wrote one letter, the next letter he erased that one. So he did it irregularly. He didn't write it all and then erase it all. Psula is invalid. The chsiv, as it says, but also la kohen es Torah. So it's the kohen should perform the entire Torah. So we need to say this complete thing is written and only afterwards is it gone, is, is it then erased.